This is the Good Neighbor Podcast, the place where local businesses and neighbors come together. I'm your host, Charlie McDermott. Welcome to episode number 685 of the Good Neighbor Podcast. Today, it's Good Neighbor, Chloe Maros, her company, Select Real Estate. Chloe, how are you doing? Good. How are you? Doing terrific, Chloe, and thrilled to have you on the show and really excited to talk real estate. I, I just absolutely love real estate. I would just love to own all the real estate in Southwest Florida, but you know, you, you have to share in this world. So we'll, we'll stick with our one house, but let, let's get into it, Chloe. Well, certainly everyone's sharing the sentiment with you this last year or so uh, regarding real estate, especially here in Southwest Florida. So it's, it's what I hear all the time. You know, if you can afford to buy it, people are buying it, it seems like. So yeah, yeah. certainly we're busier than what we know what to do with, but that's a blessing for sure. So no complaints yeah. out of us. Amen. Amen. So select real estate, fill us in. So Select Real Estate is a commercial investment um, boutique brokerage located out of Estero, Florida. So we're up in Estero. We have a residential arm as well, but that's not our primary business. We are, like I said, a boutique brokerage. So we're independently, independently owned and operated. Our primary broker, Stephanie Miller, who started the company, has been working in Southwest Florida real estate for about 50 years now. And... We are kind of your stealthily small company. We really focus on commercial and investment real estate with the primary focus being individual investors. So when we started the company, we wanted to focus primarily on making commercial and investment real estate um, something that ordinary, you know, middle income or people could facilitate and afford to purchase into and afford to invest in. Because as you are, I'm sure, aware, real estate here is expensive as it is. And certainly commercial is more expensive than residential real estate. And so we wanted it to be a way to enter the market for individual investors, um, you know, their families to be able to purchase into commercial real estate and make investment choices. And so we facilitate that process. We work with individual investors. We actually facilitate creating partnerships and LLCs to combine investors so they can purchase, you know, more expensive properties than they might be able to afford on their own. And then we do work with private developers and larger scale commercial developers as well. Wow. I absolutely love that because, you know, it's, it's, I've invested in real estate over the years and uh, it's challenging in that you, you, know, you need that chunk of dollars initially to put down and then you have the whole management issues. And, and if it's your first time, you know, the mistakes you make along the way, it sounds like you guys have all that covered, huh? Correct. Yeah. So what, what we really did, the intention was to make it something commercial real estate from what I've found, and I've been doing this for about 10 years, is people understand real estate, but it really, when they think of real estate, most people deviate to residential. Mm. And so when you talk to somebody about commercial, there's a lot of things that they just don't know. And how would they, you know, if you're not yeah. working in the business or if you haven't been educated on it, you know, how would you know? But certainly when you're talking about substantial investments, um, like commercial real estate really warrants, you want to make sure, you know, you're educated and what are the risks and how much money is this going to cost? And like you said, there's other things, you know, it's not just about, can I afford to buy this? It's like, okay, well, what are the carrying costs? Who's going to manage it? 
who's going to lease it out or make sure it's Mm -hmm. operable or maintain it, things like that. So we do that soup to nuts. Um, We handle everything from land acquisition and actual development to third-party brokerage and acquisition of existing buildings and sites. And then we manage all of our investment entities. Um, We internally manage ourselves. So that includes everything from the accounting to the day-to-day maintenance. So, you know, quite literally, I've got my MBA in finance. And most days I handle the financial side of things, but I'll tell you what, yesterday we have a about 15,000 square foot commercial building where we had trash cans delivered and guess who was making sure we had trash cans where they needed to be. Um, so our tenants were happy. It was me walking around in 90 degree weather. And so that's how we operate. It's an all hands on deck kind of business and it's great. And, you know, both myself and Stephanie, um, you know, we're really partners in the business and we just love the fact that we're making, you know, investment and commercial real estate, something that's achievable for people who ordinarily really wouldn't have the opportunity, or even if they did, they wouldn't feel comfortable making that jump because they don't know everything that's involved and they know they don't know, (laughs) but they don't necessarily know how to know and understand and educate themselves to get there. So that's where we come in. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely love it. So what about your journey, Chloe? Tell us how you got into this. So I started off in really the development side of things. Kind of like I mentioned, my education is really in business and finance. So I was the person that was crunching numbers on large scale development. So land acquisition for big, you know, multifamily complexes and commercial developments, you know, large scale residential um, plan developments, kind of like these gated communities you see. So mm. I started off in that venture and we do handle land acquisition for those types of projects. So I was initially brought on and really focused on that. And as you may or may not be able to tell, um, despite being a total number nerd, I really love interacting with clients and small business owners and the sociable interaction. And I'm a people person, which is such an anomaly because my day-to-day is on Excel and very technical, but if it was up to me, I would talk to people all day long. (laughs) Um, So very quickly we realized in client meetings and principal meetings that, you know, I knew what I was talking about numbers wise, but I so enjoy, you know, speaking to people and really, especially our small business owners as well, because we do work with them and Mm. understanding like, okay, what do you actually need? What can you afford? Like, I'll figure out what you can afford if you give me your financial statements, but also like, what do you need? What do you want? Where do you see yourself in five years? And that's like the meat of what I really love to do is to help people achieve that. And it's so rewarding to get to work with, you know, especially our small business owners who, you know, they're growing their business or it's their family or it's been generational and, you know, they want to see it evolve in whatever way. And so we try to make that you know, tangible and achievable for them. And sometimes they don't understand even how they're financially going to get there. And we kind of work through those kinks. And so I kind of realized that that was so much more rewarding and enjoyable for me to do all day long. And so I transitioned primarily out of development and more into working with our individual clients. And so that's kind of where I sit today. I handle operations for the actual company. So that is my I call it a nine to five, but it's really a eight to nine o'clock at night, you know, based on when we can fit it around our actual clients who we prioritize. And Mm -hmm. yeah, so that's, 
it's like anything else. You're a small business owner. And then we focus on our clients who are also small business owners. So it's, it's a relatable factor for me too. Yep. 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 And small business owners, uh, they, they can relate, you know, putting out the trash one minute, helping clients the next, putting deals together right after. It's awesome. So yeah. how about mis- misconceptions in your industry? What do you hear that you can speak to? Well, I would say um, one of the big challenges is with commercial, it's kind of ambiguous for a lot of people. And we are, you know, in the grand scheme of things, we are a small company. We've been here, I think we've been incorporated for almost 40 years. Like I said, our Stephanie, my partner, has been working in um, Southwest Florida real estate for 50 years. And she's developed some large scale projects that, you know, people are aware of, but they don't necessarily know our affiliation. So for example, she handled the land acquisition and development of Wildcat Run um, Golf and Country Club in Estero. If you're familiar, we handled the land sale that ultimately became um, via coconut, a portion of that you know property, as well as the Genova condo complex. Um, we've had sites along Immokalee Road, which have now become you know medical offices next to NCH. And so we have had historically, primarily in land and um, new construction development, but we've had our hands in a lot of different projects and, you know, our clients know about it and certainly players in the, in our industry here know about it, but consumers and like everyday people don't. And so there is a misconception there with, you know, people think of commercial real estate and they think of these big names, but at the same time, if you talk to most small business owners, if you call these big companies and you're just, you know, the little auto repair shop or a doctor's office or whatever, unfortunately, they don't get the same kind of service that you would if you're a big institutional investor. And that's really the way the market is kind of going with commercial real estate. And now, even as some people are aware, you've seen this last year, a lot of residential real estate's going that way. Mm. You know, a lot of these a lot of these cash deals and nobody knows how they're paying $50,000 above ask and all of these things. It's because there are institutions, you know, we call them REITs. So real estate investment trusts that are purchasing multiple properties and for primarily rental or Airbnb and different income producing, um, you know, prospects. So, you know, that's a big misconception and we're trying to break through those barriers, you know, the way we always treat it is it doesn't matter how small of a client it is. I don't care if you're coming in and you're buying, you know, $10 million worth of land and a new construction build, or if you want to lease 2000 square feet for your family dental practice, like you are important to me, no matter what it is we're trying to achieve. Um, and that's how we operate. And so that's been one of the things that is a barrier, but I will say we quickly overcome it once people have had the interaction with our company and our staff. And then I would say personally for me, like I mentioned, I really started off in the financial side of things with performas and projections for development. And, you know, we focus on those. And so (laughs) I've had an interesting experience with sitting in on meetings, especially starting out with principals and with other people in our industry who, who hadn't necessarily interacted with me. And, you know, we're talking about, there was a time when I was advising two $30 million each Project. So we're talking about $60 million in multifamily real estate um, hmm. coming out of the ground. And I'm the person that's working primarily on putting together all of these financial analysis. And so we sit down at the table and it's me. And if you know me, I am a petite, very youthful looking woman. <laughs> um, hmm. 
and I'm sitting with, you know, a bunch of gentlemen, you know, there, there's one other female at the table. And so then we dive into the financial side of things. And like, I open my mouth and everybody kind of, it's, it's sad, but everybody kind of looks at you and goes, well, what are you doing here? And so those are things that I've kind of, you know, overcome over time. And, and certainly I will say, I've never had really negative experiences very quickly. People will yeah. realize, you know, what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah. But so it's just, you know, commercial is not a very female yeah, focused business, but yeah. it certainly isn't stopping us. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you must have a lot of fun with that because you, because you know what you know and, and uh, to see the, the looks on those men's faces like, Oh, wait a minute. She, she really knows her stuff. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. No, it's a lot of fun. And certainly, you know, Hey, you have to be humble and yeah, um, yeah. you know, I prefer, I'm like, Hey, I'll run under the radar as much yeah. as, as you'll let me. That's, that's yeah. fine with me. At the end of the day, we know what we know and certainly our clients get to benefit from it. And people I speak to, you know, just eyes on the side, you know, sometimes it's funny, like you, the random conversations you have in line at Starbucks or at the airport, or I should say I have, because like, like I said, very sociable, like I yeah. will talk to a wall. And so sometimes the looks people give me, they're like, Oh, wow. Like I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, that's great. So how about outside of the business? What are you doing for fun? God, I, I wish I had more time to do the fun things, but and I really enjoy my job, which everybody kind of says and people roll their eyes at, but I really do. And you can probably hear it in my yeah, voice. Yeah. Um, but I certainly enjoy, I've got two dogs that I love spending time with. Um, like every other South Florida resident, I love being outside. So really try to hit up the beach and boating and we like to offshore fish. So we'll, we'll do that on the weekends uh, if weather permits. Uh-huh. Yeah, definitely like to try and live a kind of active yeah. lifestyle. You know, enjoy right. everything that we have here. So you're, you're, when fishing comes up, I always like, they ask the best, your best fishing story. What comes to mind? The best fishing story. Well, I shouldn't say it's the best, but <laughs> um, my fiance likes to spear fish. And oh my goodness. we were just talking yeah. about that yesterday in an episode. Tell me more. Well, to be honest, I wish I knew more about it. Um, so my best fishing story was putting on a tank and going down. And I don't have much scuba experience whatsoever. Uh-huh. And so I come up and I had I had flooded my mask and I had a bloody nose. Oh, oh <laughs> but <geez>. I had, <laughs> Yeah, it was it was terrible. I well, I it's still my best fishing story though, because I had shot a grouper. So it was oh. like miraculous. Yeah. We were off. We were like, I don't know, a hundred miles offshore wow. and everybody else was more experienced. And I just, you know, like I'm shooting into the dark. I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, I come up, I've got a bloody nose and everybody's like, that's their first reaction. Like, Oh no. Right. And then they're like, Oh my God. <laughs> oh, How big was the grouper? 45 pounds I couldn't lift it 45 pounds oh my yeah goodness yeah because I mean we were offshore yeah and yeah so the guys they just took the gun and did their thing and 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 that was the first time and really it's been the last time everything else after that kind of went downhill yeah that's the problem with hitting it big in the beginning it's like you expect that to happen every time and it usually doesn't so but 
keeps you going back, right? It's like, well, maybe. Yeah. Right. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, and since and since then, I decided, you know, I should really take a class because I don't want to be giving myself bloody noses. Yeah, and, that's, yeah. Probably, that's probably smart. Yeah. I'm like, who let me do this? You know? <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, hundred miles out to boot. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, not so exactly I, the smartest as smart as i am i'd like to consider myself pretty intelligent but yeah, that well, was it's, not my it's best good move. to hear you're human Clark. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so how about when it comes to hardship life challenge what comes to mind a period of time that you were challenged you got through it and now looking back you can say i'm better for it i'm stronger i would say a hard time you know i have to say i need it when I look back on hard times, I kind of always think to myself, you know, I'm pretty blessed. You know, all these hard times weren't really all that hard mm-hmm. when you look in retrospect, which I guess is a very fortunate thing to be able to say. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say I worked full time through my graduate program. Um, I had worked primarily through my undergraduate program pretty much full time and was traveling a lot doing um, commercial development. And then I had gotten my job and I was working through my graduate program. And this was, I want to say about three years ago. And it was when the market, you know, COVID had hit towards the tail end of my program. There was everything kind of stopped development wise, which is understandable, but everybody mm-hmm. kind of remembers that March, April time when everyone was like, where, where's the world going? Mm-hmm. And so we had, we had a probably about $70 million in projects um, that were coming out of the ground throughout Florida, as well as um, Tennessee, because we do things um, in other states as well. We assist on different development projects. And so we had about $70 million in pending projects that just hit a wall. <laughs> and everybody was like, what is happening? And then, you know, simultaneously, because I handle the financial side of things, to a large extent. And I correspond because I enjoy to, I correspond with a lot of these clients and, you know, I'm the person that sometimes will just try and make the financial information palatable for them. And so I speak to them, you know, especially about investors and things like that, you know, I'll speak to them about their investment and what's going on. And so, so, you know, I'm getting flooded with these calls because people don't want to necessarily talk to the CPA. They want to talk to somebody they have rapport with that they can say, you know, what is going on? Like, what do you think is going to happen? We have all of this money on the line. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then simultaneously, we have contractors and all these individuals who have seized working. And they're looking at us and saying, like, what are we going to do? Are we going to get these, you know, special exception permits? Are we going to move forward? You know, everything kind of came to a halt for probably about six to eight weeks, right. where there was just such uncertainty. And that was probably the hardest time because I was just finishing up, um, this, (laughs) this graduate program, you know, I'm, I'm working around the clock. And then all of a sudden you have these people who, uh, you know, like you wish you were God to a certain extent that like, I know the answers. And so, you know, I have to have call after call with these people and talk to them like, okay, what is, you know, this is your investment and okay, we're trying to steward it the best we can. You know, there's this, all of this uncertainty. We're looking at what's going on on the news and what are economists thinking Mm. and, you know, all of these things. And so that was a really trying time, mainly for the emotional investment that I had with all of these people, like our stakeholders that I had to speak with and try to to a certain extent, talk them down and give them some sense of faith that like, Hey, it'll be okay. I don't, 
I don't really know when, but we're going to hold on until it is, you know, Yeah, that was, that was a hard time. And it was a hard time for everyone, you know? So I think a lot of people can share that sentiment. Yeah. Yeah. Good for you. I mean, yeah, a lot of lessons there and, uh, you know, man speaks volumes to uh, your ability to just take a deep breath and know that the next client you're going to, yeah, yeah, I'm sure you, you had, it was the same conversation over and over and over again, just with a different individual, right? Which is that a in different individual. And yeah. 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 Well, and certainly then you have to kind of tailor it to, you know, everybody has a certain risk tolerance. Yeah. And then of course you have to, unfortunately the elephant in the room is how much money is on the line yeah. and how big of a difference is that going to make? You know, that's, we do, you know, we call it select real estate, Southwest Florida real estate advising. And we really kind of hone in on the advising side of things. And depending on these individual investors or these groups, you know, a very real conversation that I always have with clients and try to stress is, you know, as much as investment is great and real estate has historically gone up year after year. And, you know, and when you look at these trends, you know, there are dips, but when you look at the trends on the overall, it's going up and it's a good investment and you always want to safeguard that as much as you can. But the very real reality is you need to make sure whatever you're investing, like I can't promise you that we can give it back to you next year. You know, you have to kind of commit. And so it was a very hard time depending on what people's individual financial circumstances were. And certainly that was in shift for a lot of people, depending on where was their income coming from? Where did they have a job? You know, just the whole slew of things. And so you had to really sit down and say, okay, like, what can we do? And some, we did have a couple groups where they restructured and we had to facilitate that because individual investors, their financial situations changed, or they just didn't feel comfortable that they were going to get back to where they were. And so we were having partner buyouts and we're like, okay, what can we do to make this work? Like you need you know, you need your $300,000 back. So that way you feel comfortable that your family can sustain itself. God forbid, you know, this continues on in perpetual. Yeah. And so, you know, now we're like reaching out to other investors saying like, okay, you know, will you buy, you know, a quarter of their, you know, share? Will yeah. you do that? You know, we're trying so desperately to make it work for everyone. And so thankfully, we were able to ride that out. And Mm. thankfully we did rent abatements for all of our tenants to make sure that we didn't have a single closure. Mm. And so, yeah, I mean, we've been, when I look back and I've seen some of the repercussions that other people have had to face, I look and say, you know, we were so blessed and, and we really, we wrote it out the best way we could and we cared about people along the way and and it, it worked for us. Um, But certainly I look at some of the, you know, effects it's had on other people and other industries. And it's just, you know, it's so sad. So. Well, Chloe, one thing you wish our listeners knew about select real estate, what would that be? I would say we are small in size, but we're big in heart. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. And, you know, we, we aren't the biggest name out there and we certainly, we really don't even push ourselves out there as much as we probably should. That's the operational side of me. Um, but we certainly yeah. love and work really hard and diligently for our clients and, you know, we're small, but we really have that personal touch and relationship with everybody we work with. Small, but mighty. Yeah. Yeah. So those of our listeners who want to get in touch and want to maybe explore a little bit more about the real estate investing uh, side of things, uh, what's the best way for them to get in touch? 
My best way would definitely be email, which is chloe at selectre.net. And then I'm also always available at my direct line, which is 239-249-5667. Terrific. Well, Chloe, this has been great. Lots of fun. And and man, you guys are really impressed by all that you're doing and uh, making real estate possible for those who don't want to get involved in the icky side of real estate, managing properties. Yeah. I've done that. Not fun. Yeah. Glad you guys are around. <laughs> Wishing you the best there. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Good Neighbor Podcast. To nominate your favorite local business to be featured on the show, go to goodneighborpodcast.com. That's goodneighborpodcast.com. Or call us at 239-224-4105.